1: Cool. We are locked and loaded for yet another another edition of the program, The Conspiracy Farm. I am your host, co-host, Mr. Jeffrey Wilson, hanging out with my dude, UFC Hall of Famer, Mr. Pat Milichitz. And today we have, man, a nice, we're going to have an interesting show today, ladies and gentlemen. Why um, don't you, inter- once you, ha- you know him a little bit more intimately, Pat, why don't you introduce our guest today?
0: Yeah, a good friend of mine who uh, came here from, he's originally from the Rhodesia slash Zimbabwe area of the world in Africa. Uh, southern africa and uh ended up in london uh family uh, eventually fled there from the civil war and all the unrest down in his his homeland and then made his way to davenport iowa to become a doctor of chiropractic because he was a world-class rugby player um for uh, rhodesia and and they actually beat the all blacks you know so they're very high level uh rugby guys and, and and uh got a scholarship to uh uh, Palmer College of Chiropractic, become a doctor of chiropractic, and that's how we initially met. He he had a motorcycle accident, uh, tore up his knee, and uh, lost his scholarship, and ended up in my gym. We became real good friends and, and uh, got to know each other over the past, gosh, decade and a half, I believe. Yeah. It's been quite a while. So, um, yeah, he's right here with me. We're in Minnesota. to do a, I'm, I'm doing a broadcast tonight for the Fights on Axis TV. Uh, Josh came up here with me. And uh, so we're just hanging out, and perfect time to do a show with him.
1: Well, what's up, Josh? How you doing, brother?
2: Jeff, I'm very well, mate. Thank you very much for uh, having me on, and uh, I appreciate uh, being here with you guys. I, I just have to correct Pat, if I may, for a second. Okay. My my, my rugby uh, prowess is not world class. Oh, uh, you're full of shit. Uh, part one yeah. and part two, is, <laughs> although we are the only nation... Rhodesia was the only nation to stay unbeaten against the very, very dominant all backs. Yeah. Uh, we only played them once, and I believe it was in the 20s. So you'll, you'll, have, to, <laughs> you'll have to forgive me on that, on that as well. But 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 the, the facts yeah. still remain the same. You know?
0: Well, I mean. It's he was good. good enough to get a scholarship to Palmer so he could play some Palmer. Yeah, you know, and, he, he and know, my, he's yeah, modest. And, That's and cool. Yeah, I do. Uh, I met several all-blacks at Palmer who got the same scholarship. So, obviously, he, he knows how to play rugby.
1: Clearly. Well, uh, and clearly a badass as anyway. a strength and conditioning coach for the old militant fighting system as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's trained a ton of fighters, a ton of, ton of athletes, um, high school, college, you know, professional athletes. So he's, he's he's very good at what he does, very knowledgeable. And also because of, you know, I, I thought that it would be an ideal show for us, given what's going on in this country, sure. the potential for I – mean, to unravel in any nation Um, he experienced that and I thought it'd be a great a great show so that people can get a perspective from someone who was there on the ground when things started to unravel um, in Rhodesia Zimbabwe that that uh, they can they can sit up and go wow this 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 is some scary stuff
1: yeah and I mean, it truly is man, and it goes, you know the nature of this show is to kind of you know talk about this stuff, add water to some of these somewhat conspiracies, and one of the kind of the main themes we've talked about, pat is is kind of the war on terror in this country, you know Gladio B throughout the, really the world uh Europe and in Africa, and you know, Josh, you have a little bit of insight, and we spoke off off air yesterday um how that's being utilized, the war on terror in Africa still, and we spoke about. Um, oftentimes, these wars—the war on drugs, the war on terror—is a guise for something else. And most oftentimes, when it comes to these global wars, it's about natural resources. And uh, you, you're seeing that play out. You're seeing—you're seeing the, you know, the jewel of the world, Africa, being invaded—not invaded, but pretty much extracted by Russia, U.S., China. Talk to me about what you're seeing in your native land, sir. Well, um, so
2: I, I think that. Everyone's well well aware of colonialism from Europe uh, in the you know the late 18th, early 19th century coming in and uh, uh, taking over uh, pieces of land in in, in Africa. Um, the the main drive there was definitely uh, resources: certain ores, gold, silver, tin, copper, um, and uh, and obviously diamonds as well. Um, but also, it was a uh, Kind of like the, the the immigration into the states, it was a a, a quest to to have something that meant uh, that these people, disenfranchised people from 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 Europe, would have a piece of uh, a piece of the world that that was theirs, um, and all the you know the the that sort of stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when uh, when the Europeans. Uh, started leaving Africa um, and and the progression back to majority rule um, happened, there were two main backers of, of this progression, one being the former Soviet bloc nations and the other being uh, the People's Republic of China. And monies and resources uh, and training from those uh, groups, those two countries, uh, facilitated uh, guerrilla Warfare and and uh, terrorist warfare within the those former colonies uh, to oust the, 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 the colonial powers that were there um, Now that that's all said and done pretty much what we've seen uh, Is a huge amount of resources now still being extracted still being removed from those lands by foreign nations and now just the distribution points have have become mainly china i mean i think everybody's got a little piece of it so i'm not trying to say that it's only china sure. but uh, especially in in the areas i, I want to say their investment in the last couple of years has been half a trillion dollars into into southern africa um as far as uh infrastructure and development and that, that sort of stuff but the but the The reason is is to get those resources and and take them home. Sure. Um, Does that does that sort of answer that question?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and how you know they're utilizing so many of these you know military forces, proxy forces, to achieve that end. You know, the Clinton Foundation through you know documented paperwork as well as the movie Clinton Clinton Cash go as far as, you know, facilitating and arming and funding what they call regime change. If you have certain leaders who don't want to give you mining rights for cobalt or copper or any of those things you mentioned, Absolutely. then, you know, we Absolutely. need to go ahead and uh, do what we need to do to get you out of there to bring in a, a puppet or somebody friendly to our agenda.
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's an entire industry of, of mercenary units um on the continent of Africa that, that have facilitated exactly what you're saying. And whether you, whether you have an overt presence of a foreign nation or, you know, from, from bank accounts hidden in, in, in different parts of the world, delivering, uh, requests to these place uh, these, uh, um, uh, groups. mercenary groups, um, and that, that, that then they go ahead and take care of that. You know, they'll, they'll go in and, and, uh, oust, uh, either either the the actual sitting presidents of those nations and or they'll they'll be called in by those sitting presidents to um, overwhelm uh, uh, an uprising because Africa is one gigantic dictatorship pretty much Um, and and these these presidents stay for long periods of time and their people um, looking for change within their nations don't have that so Obviously, they they start rebelling etc 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 and sometimes these mercenary groups are brought in to quell these uprisings um, that would try and bring about positive change for those nations too and
0: decide so, how some of that would go down how, how what they would do their tactics and and the horrors that they would inflict on people well you
2: know I I believe we talked yesterday just about one little one little thing that that I, I have a little bit of knowledge of and that is when Rhodesia was Rhodesia and South Africa, uh, before, um, before Mandela was released and, and came back into power, um, there was, uh, uh, Rhodesia was suffering a war on two fronts. So we had, uh, um, Russian supported ZAPU guerrillas, um, in, uh, mainly housed in, in Zambia and then ZANU PF guerrillas, uh, supported by, uh, China in Mozambique. And, you know, fighting a war on two fronts is always a an overwhelming challenge. So in order to destabilize uh, that one of those groups, South Africa, who also shares a border with Mozambique and Rhodesia got together and they, they trained some disenfranchised guerrillas from Mozambique and turned them into a fighting force called Renamo. Renamo's role was to go back into Mozambique and create havoc and chaos so that the the government who was allowing these guerrillas to train and then insert in, uh, into Rhodesia would would have way too much on their hands and start um, start you know having to deal with their own problems right. and and that's what went on mm-hmm. so the, the outcome of this whole thing is you know 20 years later is that Mozambique is one of the poorest nations in the world horrifically hit with the most unbelievable carnage, landmines, uh, just, just broken down infrastructure just from the, 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 the trickle effect of this just constant war that mm. went on for a long, long time. So that's, what, you know, that's one of the ways in which these things come about is that you create uh, a, a rebel group or, a, or an ideological group uh, in a place. You arm them. You, t- you teach them how to do their dirty work, and uh, then you send them out uh, to do that exactly that, and, and you don't have to have a direct con- contact with them it's It's like uh, kind of a drone army and sure. you can you, you set the spinning top uh, going, and you just step out of the way wow. and, and you have plausible deniability uh, for the chaos that ensues.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say it. It creates that plausible deniability aspect. And it's so interesting, man, that, you know, we talk about it on the show all the time. The Hegelian dialectic of problem reaction solution. And each country's doing it, you know, to achieve their own end. Like you said, they're just mercenaries. They'll just hire these cats, completely distance themselves from them, pretty much as far as any direct contact, but arm them and fund them and train them. Um, it just to create chaos. It's wild, man. And it's been going on for a very long time. Like you said, it's pretty, pretty insane.
0: Right. And that, and then, for people who are listening to this, now you understand how ISIS was created. ISIS was created to take out Assad because Assad is resisting the global bankers, taking over his monetary system, et cetera, et cetera. And then it makes sense for people to understand, okay, the United States definitely could have had a part in this, even if they don't fully believe it, sure. which you and I know, because we've seen pictures of John McCain with Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS, yeah. when they were called just the, the Free Syrian Army. Um, that was ISIS, right? Right. So they keep renaming yeah. the same group, right? Al Qaeda, the Taliban, the this, the that. Look, man, these are all extremists that we've been funding all along,
2: and then utilizing, you know, a PR firm in the United Kingdom to, you know, to 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 show um, beheadings, etc., etc. I mean, that's that that was shown up from from the Iraq days. You know, this whole thing is using a reality. But then distorting it through the media and allowing a different narrative to take place to allow whatever the grand scheme is to come about.
1: Yeah, and that's the huge part about all of this, man. We've talked about it before, you know, Operation Mockingbird, whatever you want to call it, the media's role, the complicity of the media in creating this narrative to. To achieve that, I mean, because like they control the how we perceive the you know how we perceive things. You know what I mean? I guess we, people like you and I can dig deeper and go through, through that, but most people, a, don't have the time, and e a and b are kind of like ADD and just don't, you know, just kind of get spoon fed whatever they think is going on in the world. And it's just it's so it's very powerful. It's wickedly brilliant, in fact. Like, but it's the the media's role in this is absolutely huge.
0: Right, and the, and I I don't think that you know the CIA. Or the powers that be even need to control each media site because the AP wire puts things out and these you know especially local news across the entire nation will report and say the same thing that exactly. onto their onto their teleprompters and so you can look at videos on YouTube of 40 um, you know uh, newscasters sitting behind the desk in different cities around the country reading the yeah. exact exact same script. I've seen that. I've the seen that. The producers aren't even changing a word. They're just, dude, how hard is it to do your job when you're pulling stories off and just copying and saying, type that on the teleprompter for Jim tonight? Yeah. Right? It's it's pathetic.
1: No, and you're absolutely right. I was actually thinking about that with, before you mentioned that video. Like, literally, that's, the narrative goes out to every different media market, big or small, and they just regurgitate the same line. And, of course, that that controls the narrative and then thus controls our perception of what's going on. And it's it's crazy, man, because we set up that normalcy bias to convince people, like, what we're talking about is going on, is really going on. People think we're nuts. You know what I mean? Your government would never do, even though like we're sitting here articulating a decades and decades precedent of this happening, people still, like, no, there's no way. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it it allows for things like Hillary Clinton to be, possibly president of the United States. Like, how is that allowed? People have to be really fucking stupid to allow some shit like that to happen. Sorry, audience, not you guys. You guys, you know what I mean? Just-
0: well, and, and obviously some very, very the most powerful people in the world have been protecting her. And yeah. I think, I don't know what's going on with the FBI reopening this, this case against her. Big but breaking
1: I think is, news.
0: I, is this mutiny at the FBI and them going to, to Comey and going, look, dude, you and your brother are going down. If... If we don't reopen this,
1: so you were I, saying something off air. What's that association, or was that Josh that said who who somebody's wife? What's up with that?
2: So, so uh, I'm not sure about the wife, but uh, Peter Comey uh, apparently works for the lo- the legal firm that does the taxes. I don't know what I don't know how that works. I don't know what a legal firm does for taxes, but they're the ones that, that, tax that attorneys that, that, that look at. The Clinton Foundation. Thank you. That's the clarification. Uh, that's when I step out of my realm of expertise <laughs> there. in the hole. But but he is he works for the law firm that does the taxes for the Clinton Foundation.
1: Peter Comey. Is that so, is that John uh, James?
2: Exactly.
1: Okay. Wow. No conflict of interest there at all.
2: None.
0: Well, and the more we look at this stuff, the way um, you know, major network news heads and broadcasters how they're connected to you know the Clinton Foundation or the Clinton initiative or this or that sure how uh, how people in the administration are related to people at network news some of the heads that, it, it's a so incestuous throughout the control networks yeah. of our country it's 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 sickening It will well, anyway, um, okay, get, 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 get back I want to get back to Josh and maybe Josh can talk about um, you know the, the the ranches the farms um you know that, that his family and other families were running down there and and described the compound and what the tactics were of these these uh terrorist guerrilla groups that would come in and and do their dirty work
2: yeah well um so these groups are are there were small groups of men uh initially, I think they were dissidents uh that that had political motivation they they exiled the country they got special training um either on the borders of the country um within within friendly the, these friendly uh, nations or some of them were sent directly to uh to China to the Soviet Union and they got some more hands-on stuff and indoctrination etc cetera, etc cetera. and what ended up happening was these very small groups would then uh go into villages and press gang coerce whatever you want to do all of Mm -hmm. the above young men and women and then extract them to training camp bases within Mozambique and within Zambia uh and then those guys would slowly trickle in uh on foot in small groups into the the very rural population of Rhodesia at the time um these uh these these small groups would would uh, Show on a farm, and and farms in Africa are, are very much larger than the normal farm here in in uh, the United States, and they have a workforce associated with it. Um, the technology wasn't as um, acute as as some of the the stuff that we have here right now, so it, it required a lot of workforce, and that workforce was all housed in on the farm um, in in housing. Uh, in a housing area, they call it the compound. But anyway, these guys would show up at the compound after dark. Would request food. Would request uh, supplies and intel about the farmer and their family, the goings on on that on that farm. Usually, uh, women were provided for these these men, um, and uh, they, they would set about a plan to to you know attack the farmer on on his on his property um and that could come in many forms a lot of the time they were carrying landmines so mines were used to to um, to to blow up vehicles on the farm on the roads or wow. as a secondary a secondary thing so if if they attacked the farmhouse they might have a landmine on the dirt road that went from the blacktop to the farmhouse so whenever uh security forces or what 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 Every farmer in, in, in Rhodesia had at the time was a thing called the Agric Alert, which was a shortwave radio. So if you um, experienced an attack, you would get on that immediately and it would call all the surrounding farms. They were always in the main bedroom of the house. And it would call all the surrounding farms, and every one of those gentlemen would suit up, they'd get their weapons, they'd hop in trucks, and they would head towards the farm that was being attacked wow. to, to help defend against that, you know, and these guys would show up and then there would be a landline on the road, uh, on the way up to the house and, you know, that would, holy that shit would, and that sort of stuff. So, you know, farmers would, would be sitting there side by side with their wives loading and firing weapons, um, against these intruders, um, that were, uh, you know, a- a- attacking them. It was, it was a nuts period of time.
1: Wow. And what years were over this?
2: So, uh, it started in the late sixties, very, very gently and quietly. I don't know if gentle is the right way to say it, but quietly. And then it progressed and it got bolder and bolder and bolder, um, all the way up until, uh, 1980, um, was the main, was, was the actual civil war. And then after independence was granted, um, to, uh, a gentleman called Muzorewa, and then Mugabe in 1980, um, the 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 insurgencies continued because you had two main factions that they wanted control of the entire unit of zimbabwe um and one of those factions got into power and the other one felt disenfranchised from that Mm. so they continued their own little war um using exactly the same tactics so whatever farmers were still on on the farms after independence those guys became targets again all the way into i mean it it, it continued happening definitely into the into the early 90s and then pockets thereafter would continue up until 2002 2003 so it th- these things don't go away it's just a, it's a constant uh, seeking of resources and c- control of those resources
1: yeah. so what's the situation and, and, now know, in 2016
2: well you've got a guy who's been uh the president for uh where are we at? 80 So he's he's been there for 36 years. You know, he, he's uh, Zimbabwe was known as the breadbasket of Africa of Africa. Um, the, the number one producer of tobacco in the world. Uh, and now it's, it's, a uh, it, it's, it's in ruins. Uh, aid, non-government organizations are in there providing aid, food, healthcare, water, etc. etc. for the population that are still there. Um,
0: it's, While the Chinese are extracting the yeah, resources. Yeah, and,
2: and, and 747s of Chinese immigrants show up every single week, and they're the ones that are now populating the lands that were uh, removed from from the white and black farmers uh, throughout about 36 years.
0: You know what's cool, though? He was, uh, Josh will explain um, about having a different shelf um, for uh, uniforms, uh, food, and all this other stuff that they were instructed to give to these terrorists when they demanded things, and, and talk about the uniforms and what we're done with those. So, so,
2: so every one of these files.
0: And I'm sorry to interrupt, but
2: dude, if things
0: unravel, I want this dude with me.
2: <laughs> it when, sounds like and,
1: it, yeah. you seen so it. So
2: there were all sorts of there were all sorts of crazy things that went on when you when you fight a terrorist war. you your tactics have to get dirtier because the people that you're dealing with are are dirty right. as, as well. It, it has to get really nasty. So. Things like uh, every every one of these farms had a little farm store on it where uh, the workers could uh, get uh, food and clothing and transistor radios and batteries and you know just odds and ends just a general store um, and on in in these stores the security forces would put uh, overalls uh, and and jackets and uh, clothing items and they would be laced with with poison they would have been dipped in poison and then those st- the, the the guys that ran the store were instructed to put them on a particular shelf and those were never to be touched and invariably these guys would show up and they would you know rob the store they'd they take whatever they wanted and hopefully they would grab these uh, uniforms these these overalls and and jeans and jackets and shirts and they'd wear them into the bush, and as they sweated, <sighs> the poison would leach out of the clothing and into them, and, you know, they would drop like flies. Holy uh, yeah, shit, Yeah, it's crazy. Another thing they used to do is they, they would put uh, transistor radios, and they would put tracking devices and, and all sorts of goofy little, you know, explosive stuff in those, and those guys would be, those two would also be known about by the guy that owned the store or ran the store and... That would you know they would steal those too and and it would it would allow us to to find out where they were and and also help you know get rid of them as well,
1: right, holy shit, that's crazy, <laughs> that's wild, man, cool tactics like you said, man, you gotta get grimy, especially i mean these guys are just straight mercenaries, man, they don't you know cutting off twelve year old heads like they don't they don't care, so you gotta like yeah, man, you gotta fight fire with fire for real.
2: I mean, it's it, it's pretty crazy just to give the listeners an idea of what we're talking about. Um, my my uncle had a had a vehicle that was uh, it was a Land Rover, which is a four wheel drive uh, pickup truck, and then that was all up armored. So something that you would see on the roads in Iraq right now. In fact, the the landmine protection vehicles that you see in Iraq and Afghanistan right now are 100 percent knockoffs of the vehicles that were used in Zimbabwe, in Rhodesia, and then in South Africa, because landmines were such a ubiquitous thing. Wow. So now we are against these, but 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 back then they had access to real landmines from the Chinese and from the Russians. And I want you to imagine a a, a pickup truck, and then you go and put a bunch of, you know, half-inch steel plate all the way around it, bulletproof vests, uh, bulletproof, vest, bulletproof glass, and then on top of the, um, there'd be firing ports where you could shoot out of the vehicle at, uh, if you, if you, so if you were blown up, what they would do is usually you, 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 you'd detonate a mine that might take off the front end, for example, and then they would come up and small and, and, and small arms would take, take the rest of the people out. So you have to have a way of defending yourself from that. Or, you know, you'd be driving along the road and there'd be, uh, a, uh, a, a boulders or, uh, a tree had been cut and dropped over the road, whatever, just to stop you, and then they'd they'd attack the vehicle like that. So on on top of uh, his vehicle, he had a drum. Uh, I want you to imagine something the size of uh, a large serving plate um, that was mounted on the roof, and then out of that had 12 short 12-gauge barrels uh, coming out. Its nickname was the Spider Gun, so you kind of get the idea of, Every different angle, slightly, slightly angled downwards, slightly more horizontally. So you would have a a spread of fire and the mechanism inside that would then be fired by, by a crank handle on the roof of the, of the Land Rover. And if you were ambushed, you hit an ambush, you would just turn the crank on this and it would just spin on the roof and off would go these, uh, these, you know, double up box shots to hopefully take out whoever was trying to attack you and that was normal farm life that's that's going just gonna
1: say how frequent was this
2: that's how you dealt with dealing with a farm every single day that's how you lived (sighs) i mean i I don't remember a time when when our parents would go anywhere without with our arms uh they were always armed um uh, and on the farm you you were always armed it didn't matter what what was going on my aunt and uncle were always armed the farm manager was always always armed um and it just became part and parcel of life. That's that's just how you lived your life, you know. And on top of it, we, you know, these same farmers that would run their farms for six six weeks, and then the entire nation was on a six week uh, uh, rotation. So you would have six weeks doing a, being a civilian doing whatever you did, whether you were a farmer, a doctor, uh, a chiropractor like my father, um, and then six weeks you would you would get in your vehicle and you go to a base and you would become a soldier and you'd sp- spend six weeks in the bush and then you'd come back to six weeks of your real life and then six weeks in the bush and that went on for you know 10 years that was that was life you know um so it, 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 and that's the entire nation. There was nobody that didn't do it. You know, if 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 you were an older gentleman or or some, some had some sort of infirmity that didn't allow you to participate full out, what you did were you were you're a reserve policeman. So you you would drive around at night and and check on things and and basically just keep every set of eyes were looking out for these guys that were trying to create havoc and mayhem. You know. Bayonet parties, throwing little babies up in the air and catching them at the end of their AK what? bayonets. Whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa! What,
2: mate? Well, again, when terror is the the weapon being used because you're a small force against the perceived larger one, you have to be the nastiest, most evil people on the planet to 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 generate the result of a large army uh, going against you. So you 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 create this devastation.
1: Whoa, I mean, bro. You're saying they would toss the babies in the air before. and catch them on their bayonets?
2: Yes, mate. I mean, there, there are pictures all over the internet. of Fuck that. They, one time they shot down a, a, a 727 um, with an RPG. It was it was uh, taking off uh, from Kariba or going to Kariba. I don't exactly remember, which is a, a big lake there. And uh, it crashed the plane, and then they went to the crash site. And anybody that was still alive, they they fuck they kill they kill everybody. And there's there's a I, I see it right now. There's a horrible picture of a, I, I think it was a little girl uh, with killed with a bayonet. Just
1: damn, bayonet. bro. I was in I was in a pretty darn good mood with this Hillary news, and you just like curveballed all that. Wow. Yeah,
2: it's, it was a horrific time, and 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 I'm I'm just I'm speaking to my remembrance and my experiences. Um, there were two young ladies that were at school with me, two little girls, were, were my schoolmates. I was in class with one of them, and then one of them was a little younger. Um, and they went uh, home with their grandparents one night, and uh, it, you know, boarding schools were the norm. So you would spend all week at the boarding school, and then you'd go home on the weekends or every other weekend, depending on... On how old you were and, and the setup of that boarding school, but they went home on a on a Friday night, and they were greeted uh, by these these men, and they were drugged out, and the uh, the grandfather I believe was killed straight away, and horrific things were done to the grandmother, and my my little friends were swung like baseball bats against uh, one of the farm buildings. Uh, grabbed their the legs and and had their had their heads melted against uh, the walls. Horrific. horrific. I mean, we're not talking about people. We're talking about animals that would do this. And again, there is no difference from the stuff I'm describing to you right now, okay? And the things that ISIS has been accused of doing, etc., etc. You 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 strike amongst the population to control them and to make sure that your bidding is the one that's done and not the bidding of the other guy. And that's how that works. I mean, the, the, the population was so terrified and so shell-shocked by the fact that they they were the ones in the middle. They were the ones in the middle.
0: And then you fast forward to, you know, not that long ago when Hillary was the head of the State Department, $6 billion turns up missing um gun running through Libya ends up in the hands of ISIS. We arm them. we know we we change the name for the purposes of letting the American public know that we're arming terrorists, but they're called the Free Syrian Army, which end up being ISIS and the stuff that they're doing and you realize it dawns on you how horrible um, how horrible things are from a financial standpoint, funding these psychos, these animals. Our own State Department by Hillary Clinton's uh, signature buddy. You yeah, know, I mean, it's uh,
1: always, you know, like, you know, Bill Clinton brought in Fethullah and It's always to achieve, you know, utilization of these things for a larger political end. It's just, I, I just can't. It's twisted, man. It's really, really twisted.
0: This is the guy who's got schools all over the place um, teaching extremism, correct?
1: Oh, yeah. Over in Pennsylvania, multi, like $20 billion uh, foundation net worth.
0: And it's being allowed to go on in this nation.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they're they're facilitating it all over the world. You know, um, part of the some of the stands that we've seen, like there's there's proxy armies everywhere, man. Gladio B is in full effect throughout the world.
2: I tell you what's fascinating. I just watched a documentary on uh, the Saudi Arabia, uh, on Saudi Arabia, and how the government organizations there. Uh, for example, the the education board facilitates the the printing of these these books that go out to schools across the Arab world, and and uh, inside these books, these these young kids I'm talking six, seven, eight year old kids are reading and regurgitating, you know things like every Christian must die mm-hmm. if they do not come to Allah, we must behead them all. Etc. 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 And these are the, the the pieces that are being sent to schools here uh, and throughout throughout the world to continue this this narrative of 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 evil and hate, etc. Etc.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, it's 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 mind boggling because more and more. I mean, I've been on this information for quite a while, as as is Pat and. Of course, we've been the crazy people for a very long time, and then thanks to more information, the internet, YouTube, WikiLeaks, letting the masses know, you know, that it is a chess game and it's an ugly chess game, and we are funding with a lot of our allies—Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Israel, etc.—funding these proxy armies to, and, and going around doing. Hor- I mean Aleppo. I mean Aleppo is what a half a million people are dead, in and that, in that's in Syria, and it's just—it's
0: insane. It is, and, and you know, but you wonder what's going on here. What is the purpose, then, Jeffrey, of um, allowing these psychopaths? I mean, we're not stripping the U.S. citizenship of people who go over to Syria and train. They're allowed to come back here and keep their citizenship. Is that so we can prosecute them? What the hell's going on? Um, we know that there's there's also terrorist training facilities in the United States. Why are they being allowed to continue? What what's what's going on with um, you know, we see these, you know, the examples of of this stuff going on all over the world in different smaller countries. So, what are they doing to the United States? What's the purpose? Is it to extract resources, or is it for a bigger purpose to just completely destroy the nation—the only nation where citizens truly can, besides a few others—but where Americans carry guns, they they understand the the thought of America was the greatest thing, the greatest thought ever created of that. Of that uh, self independence, self determination, that, that do we destroy America so that there's nobody left to fight us, right?
1: Well, and we're the last semblance of that. You know, everything's a union now: the African Union, the American or the the, uh, the European Union, and Europe. you know, the Amero and all that. So it's like they're trying to get rid of sovereignty and borders, and they're trying to turn that thing that we know as the land of the free and home of the brave upside down on its head. The more terror happens, and now they've blended it into lone wolf people you know what i mean and 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 returning veterans and Rand paul supporters and libertarians so they're like they're blending this now you know a terrorist is not just this you know muslim terrorist it's now lone wolves and a slowly slow an erosion of all of our rights on in the name of fear and fighting terror is i feel what's going down
0: absolutely yeah
2: and if i may step in here you know i'm, I'm a very 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 grateful man that i ended up uh here in the states and I feel blessed that my children get to be Americans and get to live in this great nation. And if I may say to the listeners out there, um, this is a precious entity. Your Constitution is the most precious document second to the Bible. And it if we allow any erosions of that, what we're doing is walking a path down to being... Uh, Uh, munchkins, controlled by whatever globalist full process there is.
1: And we slowly Um, have, what is it, in the last year or two, the NDAA 2 or the second version of it, the indefinite detention of Americans and the possible assassination of Americans under dubious circumstances, the denial of due process. Like, we're already there. It's just that boiling frogs thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like I was saying on one of the previous shows, how um, the Patriot Act, when it was put in, um, you know, guys like Ron Paul were warning, you do not want to get this started. You don't want to head down this road. Then now, um, as I said, uh, uh, there's a new law where local law enforcement can have access to all the all the surveillance on any individual they want, without subpoena, I believe, and so they can pull up all all of your history and go after you. Then tie that to Soros funding Black Lives Matter, causing uh, the media working, uh, showing police. Um, a shooting where it actually was a justified shooting and, but they'll initially report it, that the man was unarmed or wasn't doing anything wrong. The Michael Brown hands up, don't shoot garbage. And then tie that all together with federalizing police, the NDA imprisoning you for no reason. And and indefinitely you tie all that, that whole apparatus together Mm -hmm. and you see the big picture of what the end goal for these scumbags are. And I said again, I said again before, you know, Americans are good people. For the most part, they're, they're really good people. They don't think this way. They don't think diabolically. They don't understand and don't see into the future. Apparently, I have the ability to think like these scumbags. I, I can almost cut them off at the past. and for some weird reason, I've always, and you have the same sense, Jeff, and, and because of what Josh has been through in life, he certainly has it, that you can see into the future and see what these people have planned.
2: I think I think too that that it's 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 fascinating right there that that the media and the 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 the, the narrative of that is going hand in hand with separating us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we become a broken people when we separate. When we look at each other, whether it's 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 ethnically or racially or religiously, and 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 see. Uh, Horrific differences where there aren't any. You know, if you, if I may, take a little segue back to Africa again. Um, it didn't take, but I want to say, 40 years of colonial rule, uh, and and the resulting uh, ethnic. That, well, I gotta change that. There was no real ethnic difference between the Hutus and the Tutsis. There were just there was this presumption by the French that ran it that lighter skinned, more European. Uh, uh, facial structured individuals would be pulled in, and those guys would be educated and allowed to be clerks and in, in, in shops and uh, teachers. And you know, they were brought in and educated. And the darker skinned, um, you know, traditionally more African-descented looking people, they were uh, kept uh, in, in, uh, Abject in, in abject poverty, they are the ones that you know cleaned the streets and built the roads and were, were in the farms and that distortion was created where there was none and then absolutely you right. had a and that was they, they spoke the same language they shared the same um, uh, religion there was no difference it was a perceived difference by a, by a colonial power that then turned into this horrific rivalry. You know, where you get a million people killed in six weeks yeah. by, by each other. And that exa- that's the same stuff that's going on here, where there is a separation. We are all Americans, and we are starting to be told by the media, by things going on that, no, we are, we are Americans, but you're black, I'm white, they're racist. And and instead they're of
0: going rich, they're
2: rich, I'm poor, yeah. uh they believe in that this, that and the next thing, they're trying to hold us down, they're taking our jobs. And the 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 result is that we start looking at each other instead of looking at them. Exactly. And that's the problem. That's where this has to go. We have to reunite and and go, We cannot be sheeps to this bullshit. We have to go, we are Americans, we deserve better. The constitution is our document. It reflects us, uh, and 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 you know I'm not even bringing in the Native Americans because I think they've got an even harder line on it. But all of us should look to each other, pull together, and look for a difference and a change in this thought process before we end up like everyone else. You know, there is not a country out there that still has uh, a, a constitutional document which allows the people to, just like Pat says, if that time happened to be able to reconnect with their freedom, we're it. There, there are no other countries like that, and they all live under the power of the government, regardless of how uh, it, it looks on the surface. You know, we're sheep, and we are being factory farmed. <laughs> we are a resource, and the resource is being extracted. And that's it. That's all, that's all we need to understand.
1: That's true man and the only I mean we the premise the solution will always be off unless we recognize that the premise is off like we have to see that there is a problem take the red pill if you will to use another matrix metaphor I mean it, it we have to wake up man because it's so dangerous it is so and it's been dangerous but the hundreds of thousands of millions of people that have been allowed to be killed under these false wars and all this horse shit we got to break this cycle man we have to
0: so how do you break it? How, awareness, how break man. It?
1: We you all mean? have to start being more responsibility responsible for our own awareness. And like I said, just wake up, read. You know, stop fight It
0: takes it takes a person. Like if Hillary Clinton were to win this election, which with this new FBI investigation, I have no idea how the hell she's going to pull that off. But with with we've seen uh, people finding in warehouses crates and crates of of ballots that are already marked for hillary clinton right yeah crates crates of these things okay uh, you know twenty-five thousand of them that are going to be fed into the system
1: right all, dead In people.
0: Different all over the country right so if she does end up president that's where the people have to go you know what her rally today how close was the camera to the stage
1: they couldn't even do a wide shot right exactly
0: they couldn't do a wide shot. There wasn't enough people there. There you're in Iowa, next to Iowa City, just up the road, which is a liberal hotbed. There are like three hundred people there, Jeff. Yeah. Three hundred people is what it looked like to me. Okay. There's no way in hell she's matching. If Trump shows up in Iowa, dude, he's got fifteen thousand people there at least. It's, yeah. It's nuts. Down in Florida he filled a massive stadium. Um uh, another saw that. guy had to what'd you say had to had to give up his Aircraft hangar, and there was 5,000 people outside that that couldn't even get in,
1: right? Yeah, and exactly. You know how big
0: the aircraft hangar is. So if she ends up in, you know it's fixed, you know it's garbage, and so then the people have to say, you know what, like I suggested on, on a previous show, all the American people legally, you can legally file an extension on your taxes, and everybody, everybody across the board does that. What does the government do then? Do they Do they arrest all of us? Right. Can they arrest all of us? That's a that's millions of people, right? Here. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's a it's a mean prospect there. I mean, so yeah. I mean, in tandem with a bunch of other things, we have got to start voting with our dollars. When, like I said, we, and we have to wake up. We have to take more responsibility for our awareness. I mean, I, I Hillary Clinton just shouldn't be there. If we if people have any knowledge of what she's been doing the last thirty years, dating back even forty years, dating back to Arkansas with Bill and funneling cocaine money and all of it, I, there's she just shouldn't be there. The, the system and the establishment's been protecting all those guys for a very long time. And it just you know we gotta change, man,
0: gotta change, yeah, this. absolutely, yep, yep, and then and then the constitutional uh states uh uh constitutional convention, and then stage three is not good, right, if right of that works,
1: yeah. Well, that's why I was so so happy today, you know, until Josh told me his story and totally brought my mood down. But I was so happy to see, you know what, the FBI is going to reopen. It seems like, what, accountability might actually come? You know what I mean? Like, there is some semblance of justice and accountability that actually is going to be meted out to this woman? Is
0: there, is there like I said, is there mutiny at the FBI? Is that why this is happening? Exactly. What's going on?
1: Because the timing may, is quite bad for her. Like this, even if they're, the FBI document he put out was like, hey, this might mean not mean anything, whatever, but it's just horrible PR for the campaign.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and if I may, I mean, you, you did ask me a question about how Zimbabwe is now. You know, uh, there are several uh, chunks of time when genocide was occurring within those walls and the rest of the world has been completely kept out of it and the, the stories have been completely quashed um, there's a there's a story about Antelope mine where they found thousands of bodies in a mine shaft so what what would happen is the, the security forces of Zimbabwe would go into a rural area they'd block off the, 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 the roads that entered into that area you know on on, on, a, on a Monday for example and then by Thursday, they would dip out, and there's not a chicken alive, there's not a goat alive, there's not a building that hasn't been burned to the ground, and the population have all been, see the air quotes, moved <laughs> to a different location. You know, that's what happens. So, Mugabe came in, and every single firearm was registered, every single firearm, and the calibers that were um, were uh, 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 military calibers. So 308 uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, well, 223 w- was not a
0: right right. W- not, wow.
2: it, w- it would not be a round that, that would be okay to use. But 308 and sa- 762 by 39, okay. the AK round, um, were you, you can't even buy those. That's not even something you could ever find on the shelf. You can't own those weapons. And then every weapon that you had, you were only given a ration of I want to say. 50 rounds of ammunition for that particular gun so if you had a you know a 243 uh, hunting rifle which would be used for for a deer uh, you would have 100 rounds or 50 rounds of that caliber that year and if you ran out of those you were done same with shotguns same with 22s and that way they reduced the the entire ability of that population to ever Regain control of their lives
1: Yeah, a a disarmed population is not a free population. That's for sure
2: Yeah, and and right now recently in the last six months um, There was a there was a a, a um, church-driven Resurgence trying to get uh, all the all the 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 corrupt uh, Situations being brought to the population and brought to public and I mean, the, the police went in and with their jackboots and beat the shit out of everybody, interned people without trial. I mean, this wow. is it doesn't matter what you do. You can you can go to Hitler's Germany. You can go to Stalin's Russia. Um, you can go to any number of South American countries. Exactly. Uh, this is how you control a population. You remove their ability to self-determine and then you shut down any uh, we used to sit, you know, as a family, and even in our own home with no one else around, when any sort of political discussion would come up, it was one, everybody would hush, and my parents would reiterate every single time, We do not speak about this stuff outside of this home. We don't, it, it, they were in mortal fear wow. of somebody saying they heard somebody say something, and next thing you know, you end up in there's a there's a there's a prison there called Chikarubi.
1: Knock on the door and
2: you go in you know with a 90% hiv uh, population you, you don't you, you don't ever come out you either you either die there or you catch something that you die of you know and that was that's how you do it you control it through fear and that's what they will use for us
0: yeah and what they're fear. and we're seeing the beginning stages of that with political correctness Safe spaces. Yeah. Um, people losing jobs for stating what's on their mind. This is just refusals at DUI
1: checkpoints <laughs> and having blood extracted if you refuse. That's, they did it in Missouri. Missouri police was taking blood when people refused DUI, you know, swabs. Right. Right. It's happening. Yeah. Well, Josh uh, also writes it. children's books, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I joke. Yeah,
2: I bet, i'm a really good bedtime story guy yes. up,
1: <laughs> never oh, sleep again I'm well gentlemen man is, you know, i actually have to boogie and pick up my little one from school i hope uh, pat you want to close on anything or josh you guys want to close up with any final thoughts
2: um i, I just want to say thank you i i, I appreciate uh I appreciate the opportunity to speak about this, and 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 I hope that that what we've talked about today will in, engage other conversations about this. And that's how we do this in our small groups: the people that we love and care about, and that we talk to. Uh, it doesn't have to be a debate; it just has to be a see- seeking of truth and an understanding that these are the the ways in which populations are controlled subdued and and, and 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 yeah and subsequently destroyed
0: yeah. yeah and we have we have children all three of us yeah um to think about their futures and how hard are you going to fight to stop uh this type of garbage from happening in your own nation because we see the beginnings of it with these with these globalists these socialists these these uh, elitists and what they're doing
1: yeah man Man, heavy stuff, dude. Seriously, this was this was an awesome episode. I knew it would be. We'll just obviously have to get you back on sometime as the world unfolds. We'll see uh, if it implodes or what exactly happens, especially with old with old Hillary and Donald after the election. Man, thank you so much, Josh Howitt, former strength and conditioning coach for a military fighting system and freaking a downright cool ass dude with some hella stories. Wow, gave me a lot to think about today. <laughs> thank Seriously, you,
2: Jeffrey, it was a pleasure being on, my friend. Thank you for uh, walking me through this
1: absolutely pat you guys have an awesome weekend have some killer fights tonight and i know you do a kick-ass job as always announcing them bad boys
0: all right brother and uh looking forward to the next episode it's gonna be good
1: absolutely everybody stay tuned there will be more take care everybody.